0: Welcome back to Episode 2 of the No Further Comments Podcast, a.k.a. the NFC, presented by Center Court. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, joined again by the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. What'd it do? What's going on, man? Number two. I'm going to try to speak in the mic on this one. There you go. There you go. So, Glenn, give us a quick rundown of who you are again, any social media ways they can get a hold of you?
1: Uh, Do I want them to get a hold of me? No, no. Um, I'm basically just that dude. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, Twitter, Instagram, same thing. Glenn Riley work. So at Glenn Riley work. Work,
2: work, 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 work. Yeah.
1: And that's with two ends on Glenn because if you spelled it with one, it would be incorrect. It would be very incorrect.
0: All right. Okay. Any, anything
1: else? I don't want to elaborate, man. I, you, you good? I, I do what I do. I don't I don't really um you know. We're good. Let's, let's let's just move on. All right.
0: Well, let me let me let me throw a couple things out there. Uh, yeah.
1: What are you doing in the world?
0: Well, trying to do a couple things. Well, first of all, uh, for those that listen, if you hear Glenn refer to me as Meech, I go by Meech a lot. Uh, obviously, with my last name. Funny story. When Rick Ross came out with the song. Big Meech. Yeah. And it was funny cuz for years people call me Big Meech and I have a friend who's older, he's probably in his 60s and his uh, kids play college basketball.
1: He has old friends. Old friends.
0: So he's at a uh he's at his son's basketball game, matter of fact it's in New York City. And his son's warming up and the warm-up song <laughs> is Rick Ross I think I'm Big Meech. <laughs> this completely confused. <laughs> How'd you get that pull? Dave, Dave texts me and he's like, (laughs) so he was like, I need an explanation on this. I'm hearing your name on this song. That's right. (laughs) And he said in the material that he's hearing, doesn't match who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Little do they know. (laughs) I was like, now, you know, yeah, you're in these streets. Um, (laughs) Well, a couple things. Um, I'm a graduate of Roger Bacon high school. Yep. And for those that don't know, Roger Bacon High School here in Cincinnati, Ohio, beat LeBron James, St. Vincent, St. Mary Squad in 2002. The fix was in. The fix was in? Let me let me talk to you just a little bit about that. Yeah. I want to dive on a couple things with this uh, Roger Bacon game. You, you could say that that game still to this day, not only high school, but I think Cincinnati sports is one of the most talked about games. Oh, no doubt. And and LeBron James was a junior that year. And a week prior to the game versus Roger Bacon, so they're playing in the, just to set the stage for everyone, Roger Bacon is playing St. Vincent, St. Mary. And I believe, I could be wrong on this, but St. Vincent, St. Mary, I think won the game prior to that by like 50. Okay. So they should easily easily beat Roger Bacon. Well, the night before LeBron James was on some show, and he guaranteed a victory a joe namath he did that that was a day i'm sorry that was a day before the game a week prior to the game he guaranteed a loss he was on the sports illustrated cover and labeled the chosen one that was a week before the game okay so you can imagine the 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 table set uh-huh. right so lebron's team was 75 and 0 against Ohio teams in his three years. So obviously he should win. And there's like, I think uh, the Value City Center at the time held 18,375 people, sold out crowd, $200. Tickets are being scalped for like the worst seats possible. And they're saying, you know, St. Vincent's going to cruise to this victory. Well, Roger Bacon goes on to win 71-63. Still, the only team to ever beat LeBron and St. Vincent-St. Mary's in Ohio high school playoff history. So LeBron won three
1: because he's not playing any more games in high school. People, <laughs> if if you didn't catch that,
0: <laughs> well, Co- Coach Bill Brewer was the coach for Roger Bacon. Is he's passed away? He passed away in two thousand seven. Good dude, and he was a very good dude. He was uh my high school coach, and a lot of people ask, "How did Roger Bacon?" win that game like you know that was there was no way they should be in that I'll tell game you why. teamwork teamwork it makes the dream work <laughs> well that season before the season started coach brewer knew that he had a, a special group on his hands and he knew that if he was to win a state championship he was going to have to play st vincent st mary so what he did was he scheduled them to play a game in December at the beginning of the year. Okay. So that year, they played St. Vincent, St. Mary. Um, I think it was, I think they played in Toledo or Kent State. They played at Kent State. St. Vincent, St. Mary won 79-70. to 70. Okay. So if they didn't play that game in December, I don't know if the Roger Bacon kids would have had yeah, they would have been the, off-struck. They would, right. They wouldn't have, yeah. The Sports Illustrated cover. It's much like Villanova-Georgetown. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, always, always think about that game. I think about Coach Brewer. So anyway, um, played at Roger Bacon High School, went on to play at the University of Cincinnati for Bob Huggins, 97 through 99, played with Kenyon Martin, Reuben Patterson, Steve Logan, Melvin Levitt. After that, wrote a book, Walk of a Lifetime. Um one of the one of the things that I'm most proud of is uh, my Shining Star AAU basketball program. And I'm uh, doing work with uh, Channel 5 here in Cincinnati, the uh, WLWT NBC affiliate, um, as the basketball insider talking about high school basketball and doing center court, which leads us here to the No Further Comments podcast. There we go. I set it up. Yeah, yeah. People know who we are. Kind of. Kind of. I didn't know we got
1: to go through the whole bio. I thought you was just okay. Oh, I was
0: ready. Yeah. I told you I was ready. Return to podcast <laughs> one if you want to know, know more about me
1: people. I am just
0: Yeah, so uh what what's going on in your world? Tell us real quick. Anything uh, uh anything popping before we get uh rolling?
1: Uh nothing. Big time. We still got the um, you know, Tykes project rolling along. So um my cat's out in um Vegas right now, hopefully scoring some deals. You can check that on um what is on Instagram at my tyke and it's over 230,000 followers right now. But Instagram is crazy, man. Like you just drop followers for no reason. Like, mm-hmm. like you don't post something, you might drop 300 followers in a day and you're like, it's not us. Right. So I, I don't know what's going on Instagram.
0: So y'all
1: can combat that by following it. But you know, we got 230 K <laughs> it, it's
0: really, it, it won't make or break me. Get his followers up. Yeah. Help them out, folks. All right. Here's a topic I want to get into, Glenn. All right. ESPN put together a panel of experts to determine which sports were most and least difficult in terms of athleticism. Okay. So this group was made up of sports scientists uh, from around the U.S., uh, Olympic Committee members. John <laughs> Academians <laughs> who studied the science of muscle movement, top athletes, and sports journalists. And so they ranked these most difficult, Sports, one through 60, what do you think was number one? Mm. Or what would you rank number one?
1: Most difficult? It would have to be something with a horse, right? <laughs> no. Um, see, horse. I'm trying to think what's skill-based as well as Horse That's racing's like
0: number fifty, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> I just looked it up.
1: Yeah, it's number fifty. But what if you happen to weigh over a hundred and twenty pounds?
0: It probably move up. Some it, yeah, spots. it <laughs> moves up a lot. Yeah, because you're an <laughs> adult male,
1: right? No, I would say I want to say football, but like you know, obviously, what it takes to be a defensive tackle differs from what it takes to be a quarterback. Um. I always say more people on the planet desire to be soccer stars than anything else. But
0: I don't know. Give me the answer, man. Number one, boxing.
1: Uh, it's tough to be punched often. Yes. But I, I can't say I agree with that wholeheartedly.
0: Well, number two, ice hockey. Okay. Number three, football number 4 basketball and number 5 wrestling let me give you number 60 okay fishing fishing yes
1: fishing well anyone could fish but can anyone fish successfully
0: <laughs> i don't know why why isn't why isn't basketball number 1 i'm biased but seems like okay how
1: many people are basketball players that are under 5 foot or under 6 feet in the NBA maybe 10 or 12 dudes so on the basis of that it seems like if you're a normal American male I guess that's like 5'9 five, 5'10 five, somewhere around that mm-hmm. basketball would be extremely difficult Right. on the other hand if you're 7 foot you know your chances of making the NBA are, are exponential. So that that's a weird one for me.
0: Yeah. If if you were to have a kid and you and you took that kid and said, okay, from the time you're able to participate in a sport, yeah, until you know,
1: yeah, adult age, uh, which you could maximize, you know, that potential right. in professional sports. Yeah, and I think that's the way to look at it because I think boxing, you could there is no physical standard as far as uh, weight. So if your child grows up to be 200 pounds, if your child grows up to be 130 pounds, there is a boxing division that will accommodate that. But if your child grows up to be 130 pounds, the dude ain't playing football or basketball mm-hmm. or a number of things. Now, golf is an interesting one as well because – it's completely skill. I mean, Craig Stadler played golf at a high level at, correct me if I'm wrong, 430 pounds.
2: <laughs>
0: well, golf's number 51. Yeah. And, and, and one of my favorite Olympic sports, table tennis, is at number 47. Table tennis is higher than golf.
1: Well, you can't play table tennis at, at 56, like we found out. <laughs> we
0: found that out last found out
1: that, that, that dude is, is not stopping.
0: <laughs> we, need to, we need to contact him man, to get him on the podcast. See you in
1: 2020, a, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> he ain't stopping. Did he
1: win the go? Do we know? Uh, I hope so. Man.
0: That's a story right there.
1: What are the groupies like when you're uh, a 60-year-old athlete? Are you just still uh, going out like that?
0: What's his name? I don't even
1: know. I don't know. It's uh, what country was he? China? He had on red, so I don't know if it, don't that was China or J- Japan has red I, in the flag, but the colors going so. blue. Yeah, we've got to do a lot more. Re- we we've done a disservice to you all for, for not um, having full info on that guy. I know.
0: So I, I need to get in uh, Jeff Perry and Ben Schneider from down at Cincinnati Fitness Boxing. Okay, I need to. Have them in on a podcast and talk a little bit about this. So, you know, they're boxing coaches. Yeah, yeah. And and find. I mean, obviously, they probably agree with this uh, ranking here being number one. They'd and, be biased. And absolutely, just like I'm biased with with basketball. But I I would like to find I'm out from their. their admitting. <laughs> I would like to find out from their perspective why they think it would be, you know, number one. Yeah. So you would go with you would go with football. I guess. It's it's weird. I would say no, I would go with
1: basketball because there's fewer jobs available. So just from that terms, more people want at least in America, want to become uh NBA basketball player that can't because the team is twelve people. And in in basketball, it ain't no I mean, you got the D League, but I mean there's really no viable minor league in which you can get a a real you know, a contract that'll make you rich. So if you're not an NBA, you're just like a normal person. I mean, you can make, you know, you could, you could be a, a manager at Sears and, and bring in D league salary. Mm-hmm. I've done it. You, you've <laughs> no. done this. No, I've never, i never worked at Sears. Like
0: Master P. <laughs> who did, who did Master P play for? he, uh, but uh, by the way, the Raptors, for, right? for the, for the, for the people that are listening to the podcast, uh, Glenn and I are working very hard at creating, a No Limit Records podcast. For those that don't know, No Limit Records um, is basically a 90s. When you say it started in the 90s? Yeah, was yeah, that? yeah, mid
1: to late 90s.
0: Yeah, hip-hop movement out of uh, New Orleans that was just.
1: Yeah, head, headed by Master P and, and his, his brothers, um, C-Murder. St- still incarcerated, right? He and, lived up to the name. And, and Silk the Shocker. My favorite. Silk the Shocker was a, a borderline slept-on lyricist. You, I I've never fully. Um, there are different camps that really hail Silk the Shocker as as a high-level rap lyricist. In fact, there was a cover I think on on Vibe or the Source in which they said the lyricist, and it had <laughs> Big Pun, and, and we had like you know all the cats that w- could really go and and see. I mean um, Silk the Shocker was amongst them. So so.
0: No, no matter what we talk about on our podcast, we seem to always come back to No it's, Limit it's Records. It's necessary. <laughs> it, it affected so much. So Master P played for the Raptors. Yeah. Did he play for the Hornets at all? Uh,
1: he did a little something to preseason with folks. I'm never sure how that went down, but um, he was getting it in. I mean, he was scoring, you know, in some of these games, like 20 points. Apparently he was a good shooter.
0: He was a shooter? Yeah, yeah.
1: And and no pun intended, considering uh, his brother is in jail for murder. But then again, such was his name.
0: So, you know, taking a look at Master P, a a rapper turned basketball player, but there are a lot of basketball players that want to be rappers, which I think is a whole other discussion. More than understandable. We We need to talk about that at some point let's talk about hip hop real quick and Yeah, yeah. You know, last podcast you were really excited about an album that was getting ready to drop. And since our last podcast, that album has that dropped that album has dropped. So Glenn, I'm gonna turn this over to you and I'm gonna let this be your segment here.
1: Well, as some of you know, I'm 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 high on, on the young boys, Ray Shrimmer. That's ear Drummers backwards. They're originally from Tupelo, Mississippi, the home of Elvis, by the way. And and I'm saying this is the best group to come out, or the best musical act to come out of Tupelo since the king himself. Ray Shrimmer's new album, Shrim Life 2, is at least 10 songs deep with hit singles. You can. How many songs are on the album? I believe it's 14. If you get the deluxe edition. (laughs) Wait, which one did you get? I got the deluxe edition. I think we know if you get the deluxe edition, you get 16. But those two bonus songs aren't amongst the 10. So, so I'm, t- I'm encouraged you to get the album regardless. Don't don't let the fact that it's not the deluxe edition Stop <laughs> discourage you, you from copping that shrimp life, too. That's all I'm saying. But, yeah, you, you could throw a dart at that album and find a hit. Like this, this, is the song right here with Gucci man. What, what song is this? Oh, this is with Gucci. This is Black Beatles, ladies. And here gentlemen. we go. Here we go. Just, just listen to it a little bit. Let's absorb this greatness. That girl is a real crowd pleaser. That's right. Mhm. Yeah. Just rolls through the air for whatever
0: reason. I can yeah. see you, Glenn, cruising down seventy-one. Oh, you will see me, <laughs> <laughs> fixing me rolling. When I hit the light and when the
1: windows are down, and, and I hit the I hit the turn, and sometimes my patent move is when I turn the steering wheel. You know, when you're on the curve, you can let go of the steering wheel and it rolls back. But when it rolls back, that's when you do the Dougie move with your hair, and you you just stare at whoever is on, on the corner, and and when that's on. It's, it's an A-list moment. But yeah, to, to rate this album. <laughs> Back to this album. To rate this album. This this is an A-plus album. Like, like song after song. And I know people are are fronting on the level of lyricism. Well, let me tell you something. Hip-hop is no longer based about lyricism, people. Yeah, it's nice. We got the Coles, We got the Kendricks. We got the big crits. We got people who can actually go. But let me tell you, the rapping is only getting away of the track and the mood that's being set by these two young men from Tupelo, and let me tell you something: we found out this week that each one of them is coming out with a solo album. That that'll be so that, that that's that's double the shrimp life we're getting this year. And Sway Lee, that's the um, the the brother that does the most singing, the higher voice one, the one that you, we, we just heard the, the beautiful falsetto. Mm-hmm. Sway Lee's album is ten- li- tentatively titled "Swaycation." send it back to you man
0: wow well i'm not sure if i want the album or not okay can you give me one more reason why i need to download that album tonight
1: it's just essential man i don't want to overhype it but i feel (laughs) i feel it's a disservice to 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 speak upon this is anything less. Put it like this: I bought the album. Yeah, that's right, that's is, right. Is this is another track. It, it's full of them. Is this one of the ten? Yes. Do yoga. Like I said, these are songs that have yet to be released in yoga, the videos, hey, which I'm eagerly awaiting all, all my girls do yoga. Hey. hey. High high I mean, who's Thinkin doing tracks high like high this? And this is a call for fitness amongst young women as well.
0: <laughs> you know what? That song right there. Yeah, did it for me. Okay, I'm getting that album.
1: Shout out to Mario for for, for kicking yeah. that on at, at the right place and time, because this is what we needed to 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 convince the people.
0: Mario's on point.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He's a Michigan fan, but 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 I let I let that slide because he's, he's doing he's <laughs> he doing a, he's doing a look. damn good job job behind
0: the boards. So let's let's take a looking at if you were to see these two guys, okay, Ray Shrem and you were to look at them with their with their dreads and their look. There's a movement in hip hop right now, Uh-huh. and they're not. I think I don't think they're fully this way, but there's guys like Young Thug, Rich Homie Quan. There's these new cats. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Young boat. Was it little boat? Little yachty yachty boat, whatever. And then little um, yachty got some heat. So <laughs> these of the, teens. the these guys now, <clears throat> it, it's a certain movement going on. yeah And it's so different from when we grew up. So when we grew up, a lot of the rappers came from a certain environment, all right? Where the environment in which they came from, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. So a lot of them sold drugs. So when they chose to go the way of music and music was their outlet, what they spoke about a lot of the times was being a drug dealer in their community. So a lot of these drug dealers turned rappers. And one of the biggest drug dealer turned rappers of all time, Jay-Z. So he would talk about being the best. And Master P. Best drug and Master P. And they would talk about being the best drug dealer. Yeah. they There wasn't a lot of talk about being a drug user. There wasn't a tremendous amount. I mean, you had your ODBs, you had uh, Flavor Flav, guys who kind of had that look and you knew they were on something. Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily always spoken upon. It was cooler to be the drug dealer than the actual drug user. Now you listen to um, a certain movement in hip-hop and it's like the drugs that Jay-Z and Master P, and not that that's a good thing at all, that you brag about being a drug dealer. Don't, don't Don't get me wrong.
1: Get get that disclaimer out there, people. Sure, because
0: you know somebody's going to say this guy
1: has a has a has an organization.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But but so it's like the drugs that these guys were talking about selling are being used by the rappers today, and these rappers today they sound high, they sound like they're on drugs when they're recording their music. Oh, they are. <laughs> Make no mistake. So the question is: It's obvious, obviously different today than it was. Is is that a bad thing? The music that is the the movement that's coming out right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to say it's a good thing in the sense that we've now moved to the point in which black kids can use recreational drugs as opposed to crack. If, if that could be said, because in the 90s, what you were rapping about was, was moving coke. And now, true, I guess what you're on is that, okay, you're now on the other side of the table, but at least you're not on the stuff that can kill you, which is a weird improvement, but still a bad thing. But the music that it is producing is really in an odd zone because it's a it's a um an emphasis on weirdness which produces interesting music like when you listen to a future that is a different sound than what previously have been so whether you like or dislike future you have to admit that his music doesn't seem to be a copy of something that came before it but I don't really know where we're going with this because what's the logical extension? Do you just keep getting drug rappers? Do we have, is there a new drug that'll produce a new sound? I mean, you know, I guess the 60s, a lot of those cast, the right. Jim Morrison's of the world were were basically, you know, experimenting with LSD. And, and But, you know, we lost a lot of those cats because of it. I mean, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin.
0: Well, you make a great point. And as people are critical of, the hip hop acts today that are doing drugs. Yeah. Some of these adults that are criticizing them, their favorite artists, their
1: their, their own idols were doing the same thing
0: and died from and that died from it. You know, Ray Charles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, when, when, when things are black, they tend to get, get, um, get altered a little bit, but you know, I'm used to rappers dying of, uh, of gunshots. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for them. them just, just OD from...
0: Oh, and then that lean. Yeah, that that lean. We talked about little Wayne a little bit before and and how long would little Wayne? Yeah. How I, long how long is little Wayne going to live?
1: Earlier this year I said little Wayne or Johnny Manziel who would who would die first because it seemed like both were on that course. And I don't know. I'm just trying to get get Manziel on some lean and maybe um get get I, get, get Wayne playing football.
0: I'm going to say little Wayne before Manziel. Okay. Well, who do you take? I'm going to say Wayne. He keeps having seizures. I know. But I mean,
1: but, but I don't know, man, like, you know, Johnny will wreck his car or something. So it's crazy. I mean, I don't, this is morbid. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's go on to a, to another um, little segment here. Glenn, I would like for you to draw the line in the sand. You have a topic you want to discuss, and you're, you are you really feel— I'm fairly adamant about this. Yes.
1: And so I'm going to draw a line in the sand.
0: Draw it. That
1: topic is swimming. And I understand that Michael Phelps is great, and he's the greatest swimmer that we've ever known. But at the end of the day, Michael Phelps is still a swimmer. And not that I'm against swimming— Though I can't swim— But I am very pro walking. No. But the problem with with the whole um, Olympic thing and and, and swimming is that they just give out so many medals for swimming. There is the freestyle, which is basically normal swimming, swimming as you know it. But there's the butterfly stroke. There's the breaststroke. And it's the backstroke. So you're literally got to give an award for swimming backwards. Do we get a medal for walking backwards? What else can you get a gold medal for doing the same skill backwards? Imagine archery. Oh, I can shoot the, the bow and arrow turn back, back facing the target. Do I, do I get a gold for that? So when you say Michael Phelps has 23 gold medals, I'm saying, yeah, sure. But he has the opportunity to get 23 gold medals. Because apparently, swimming translates throughout distances in a different way than running does. So you can swim long distances or you can swim sprints and you can still be great. Literally, the physical body type is the same to excel in both skills. You can't, Usain Bolt does not look like a marathon runner because what benefits him in the short run would be a hindrance in the long run. But a swimmer is a swimmer. A swimmer that excels in a 50-meter swim excels in a 1,500-meter swim because he is the body of a swimmer. Is this making any sense? Yeah. Okay. So I'm drawing that line, man. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying that Michael Phelps is a great. He very well could be the, the greatest swimmer of all time. But when you say he's the greatest athlete of all time and you cite the medal count for that, uh, I don't know. That that feels that feels problematic and what's next to water a beach and what do you do on the beach you draw a line of sand that's beautiful
0: <laughs> well said yeah yeah I tend to agree with a lot of that. I had to we, do it, man. And, and that will. I love Michael Phelps. That will, yeah, that will segue us into. A cute
1: girlfriend, too. Michael Phelps with, with a cute girlfriend and child, you know.
0: You know what? And he needed that because he was a little reckless there for a little bit. Yeah. And it seems yeah. that she's kind of got him and the baby, too. Yeah. Got ba- him in the right the baby land. will
1: steer you right.
0: No doubt. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of swimming, this is a topic that I really want to discuss and I really want to hear your opinion on Simone Manuel. Simone Manuel becomes the first African-American woman to win an individual Olympic gold medal in swimming. After she won, she delivered a what I thought was a, a very good, um, I don't know if speech is the right word, but a, a post-interview. Uh, she handled herself very, very well. So I go on to Facebook which I like to do after Facebook and Twitter are like, and even Instagram are just awesome after sporting events, and even yeah. during, just because you just get hit with, you know, the, the Jordan crying face memes, you get hit with so many different things. Oh, they're ready. Oh, they're, there's somebody in the basement creating the, the Jordan crying face memes. I, they, yeah. I'm convinced. Yeah. There's
1: somebody doing like, regardless of the result, they, they have, they oh, have, it's a, ready. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's on it's ready deck. To go, yeah. We, I'm I'm pressing A for 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 result A, I'm pressing B for result B and it's going to be posted.
0: There's no doubt. So she wins the the gold medal. And as I look on Facebook, I see a lot of especially black women are proud. Uh-huh. Especially black women with daughters, okay. are crying. Oh wow. And, you know, you know I read some of the posts that how emotional they are. My daughter is watching her and it, it it meant a lot.
1: Some were crying because um the hair that 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 this this black woman was actually willing to get her hair wet. I saw somebody say that.
0: So later on I was talking to a friend who's a, a middle aged white guy and we were talking about the Olympics and we started talking about Simone Manuel, and he just—he was talking about how great her uh, speech was after the swim, and and how great that was for her. But he said something to me that that really struck me, and I think there there is a group of people that feel this way. He said, "I don't understand why we have to make it a big deal that she's the first African American swimmer to win a gold. Why can't we just?" Congratulate her as a woman swimmer. Like, why does it have to be that? Aren't we past that? And so I, I, you know, I started to engage with him and he goes, listen, I'm not the only one that feels this way. There are other people that oh, no doubt. that have this feeling. Mm-hmm. So I want to throw that out to you. Take a take a uh take a dive with that. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, you make a big deal because it's never happened before. Um I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder that that we're in a stage in which there is a resentment towards um, any racial distinction being made because we are now, you know, in the age of Obama and post-racial America, that things like that feel like, oh, I thought we got past this. We don't have to, you know, speak on race anymore. But, I mean, you know, accomplishments are accomplishments like why do we have to talk about jackie robinson it's like because he was the first to do it like right. yeah we we would much rather not talk about um racial breakthroughs because they would have already happened but until every breakthrough is made then every breakthrough will be treated as such i mean why do we have to talk about hillary being the first woman president because we haven't elected a woman president and it's 50 mm-hmm. percent of the population. And if that doesn't sound messed up to people, you know, I don't I don't I don't get it. And by the way, women, you're 51 percent of the population. There's more of you than us. The fact that we haven't had a woman president before is your fault. And you you should all look in the mirror and be ashamed of yourselves.
0: (laughs) That was Glenn Riley. (laughs) Ashamed. That was Glenn Riley. Yeah, that that was Alex Meacham commenting (laughs) on on. that was Glenn Riley. (laughs) <laughs> taking these women to task. Well, you know, and he said uh he, this is the same guy and I, I didn't uh, I didn't attack him because I think, you know, his point, he said other people feel that same way. And then he he's f- being honest. Yeah, he's being honest and and I I don't think it was from a I don't think he was co- and I know him very well. He wasn't coming from a bad space. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, "Man, are, are we are we past that?" And he goes, "Why do why do you need why do why do we need the BET awards?" He said this too. Why do we need? Why do we need the B.T. awards? You don't. You don't for Ray Shrum's album, album of the year. (laughs) Put put
1: Ray Shrum on the Grammys, and we won't.
0: (laughs) But But yeah, you know, and and that's the way that's the way he feels. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you know, why do we need the? um, You know, you know, you have these conventions where they give out they give awards out for everything. I mean, you, the, the the national textile industry will give out their their CEO of the year, just random stuff. There, there's probably a, a yogurt bureau that has has you know top yogurt salesman uh, Pacific District <laughs>
0: 2016. Speaking of yogurt, real quick, I I have to interrupt you. Have you ever had daiquiri ice from Baskin Robbins?
1: I don't know what that is.
0: You, you don't know what that is? I don't know what daiquiri is nor ice. <laughs> it I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's a flavor? It is the greatest flavor of all time. <laughs> it and and it's I don't know what is it is. Graders?
1: I got a Graters gift card on me right now. Graters
0: is Graters is awesome too. Yeah. And for those that don't know, that's a Cincinnati-based ice cream made very popular by Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Oprah gets a whole shipment of graters sent to her. <laughs>
1: No, no comment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll you,
1: you ain't gonna have me saying nothing, nothing crazy about over. We, we're trying to go national with this.
0: You wait a minute, You just diss women huh? not voting.
1: No, I said said there should be a woman president because there's more women. Come on. Except if if there was was uh, hundred people in in America and fifty one were black, you would never have a white president. <laughs> <laughs> unless beaver was ready you better you better put up beaver
0: so 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 daiquiri ice i mean daiquiri ice is one of the greatest flavors and i don't know what it is about Is strawberry daiquiri what is the no it's like a lime okay i don't know what it is about me and and my food because you don't eat chocolate i don't eat chocolate that's crazy i don't i don't eat uh pork well, but no
1: one eats pork after Brand Nubians album,
0: right? <laughs> all for one. Uh I don't eat uh I don't eat red meat, so I don't eat I don't eat steak. And I I, I told you this, I go places and I don't eat steak. And people will tell me Oh, people are resentful for that. Oh my god, they tell me I'm un American. Eating meat in certain
1: parts or, or depending on how you were raised is is like is it's religious. It's like saying, I I, I don't I don't believe in a god. They'll be like what? You know. hmm. Yeah, I mean, because people get you know I got some like Southern relatives. That they they salty. You talk talk about pork. Like I don't I don't eat pork. You just you just say no. Like I'm just not you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're not but you don't want want no pork? Like no I then you have to say it, no, I don't eat pork and then and then it's salty. Like 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 you're suddenly um um you know, from from San Francisco like, like you're just you know what I'm yeah. saying, like you're just like like I'm 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 just super cultured. Yeah, i will I'll be at the um, the Met Opera later on, on this evening. <laughs>
0: And, and speaking of pork, I used to eat pork and and red meat years and years ago. But the, it's so weird that the food, a lot of the foods that I do like at restaurants in different places, for whatever reason, they always become limited items. Like the McRib, okay. I loved the McRib. Well, who doesn't? And then all of a sudden, it went goes without saying. It went like limited. I used to love. I know it's going to sound crazy, but our local grocer here, and they're actually um, nationwide, but they're out of Cincinnati Kroger. At Kroger, the Palace, had, they had this chicken noodle soup at the salad bar. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, that chicken noodle soup, I would, Crack. I would get it cra- I would get it every single day.
2: And then <laughs>
0: one day I went back, and it was right at the salad bar. Uh-huh. Went back, and they changed the recipe. Bastards. And I'm like, so I'm why. Same thing, another restaurant. I love calamari, one of the best. People sleep on. Cal- it's, it's a girl I'm trying to get to try calamari, and she like,
1: like you can't even tell them what it is. You gotta trick them. Yeah, you gotta be like, this, you, this is this is chicken.
0: Yep, you gotta trick them. <laughs> this you, is chicken, girl. With calamari, you have to trick people. Yeah, in eating, there's no doubt about that, and that's actually how I was tricked into eating it in New York City by my mother. She told me they were onion rings. They'll
1: try that lean, they won't try calamari. <laughs>
0: So in the one restaurant here in town had the best calamari that I've had locally. I'm and sure fuck. enough, they changed the recipe. And I'm it's, like, Baskin Robbins. I would get daiquiri ice religiously. And then all of a sudden, daiquiri ice is now limited. Man. You can't find daiquiri ice anywhere. One time I was in Orlando, and I saw Baskin Robbins. I pulled over, stopped in. And I said, do you have any daiquiri ice? And the lady looked at me, and she says, we don't, but there's one over in this area. Okay. I drove over there, and I had some, and I told the lady, I said, this is the first daiquiri ice I've had in like eight years. And she goes, we're one of the last people in the country that has it. <laughs> They're phasing it out.
1: <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> this is the greatest? Oh, man. When there is a food item you like, and it gets phased out, there is a place not too far from the studio called Darcy's that used to sell a thing called the Darcy bar. And it was essentially, it was like a brownie, but it had, um, coconut may have had marshmallow, may have some, some s'mores elements to it, but they just left. So there was, there was no other Darcy's except for, um, around here and at the airport in Kentucky, which was crazy. So I would go to Kentucky airport sometimes pre nine 11 to just walk the concourse. It was just enjoyable to walk the concourse. You had the people movers. You can run on those hit like, like maybe 25 miles per hour. And you know, after a a hard workout, go get you a Darcy bar. Last time went to um, the airport. Darcy's is gone. And, 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 and took the Darcy bar with it. Sad day. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I blame um, I blame the Vincent 911 for that. That that was that was enough, that was the that was the the, the third tower to fall metaphorically, <laughs> the the Darcy bar, and, and you know it's the world we live in now.
0: Hey, what is the um, and and you and you often wonder how does some food items and candy still survive? I you mean, ever wondered? At, you, what are those? Uh, in the Charleston shoe, yeah. Like <laughs> who who's buying the uh, circus peanuts?
1: Yeah, who?
0: Like, like if you, you have a, you any other option, you're,
1: you're you're still gotta get the circus peanuts. <laughs> Who's
0: by? by the uh, way, like
1: a chunky bar. When was the last time anybody bought a chunky bar?
0: How about how about the wax candy with the liquid in it? Oh them? man,
1: I mean, is that even? That's like medicine at this point. You might you might as well be be be, be eating uh, Robitussin or a Triaminic.
0: And you can find all those items at your local Cracker Barrel. When you walk in the front, <laughs> if you walk in the
1: front of Cracker Barrel, oh man, they got some old school stuff in Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Where do you? The
0: people they had a. My mom I,
1: loves Cracker Barrel. By the way, shout out to Cracker all Barrel. All
0: moms love Cracker Barrel. Oh man, at one stop shopping, and you can get some pancakes, and and it, I walked into one, Black and folks fished. love
1: Cracker Barrel. I'm like, man, I, I love them.
0: Cracker Love. Barrel scares me.
1: It's, it's like, man, this is... Going this, back in time. Yeah, this is... Yeah. Make
0: America great again. <laughs> yeah,
1: man, America's great at Cracker Barrel. That's, that's got to be Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's got to do his next next uh, town hall at Cracker Barrel.
0: I'm going. If he has daiquiri ice, I'm in. <laughs> Let's make America great again with that man, daiquiri ice. Man. Put if, if that, that 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 gets your vote. It's got my vote. Darcy Bar. Darcy Barr.
1: They all, are your your favorite your favorite. Um, they got the old recipe for that joy. Cracker Barrel.
0: I walked into a. I walked into a Cracker Barrel in Fishers, Indiana. Okay. And they had a wedding dress. I was like, what? They had a wedding dress. And next to the wedding dress worn by Loretta Lynn, <laughs> they, they had a they had a broom, and it was an electronic broom. Okay, that moved back and forth <laughs> by itself. Why would that do? Why would you want that next to the wedding dress?
1: I don't. <laughs> what does that symbolize? Right, right, put it to work. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. My wife gonna be doing a lot of cleaning. Come he's sweeping these flows oh man
0: oh in, man. The, in the random music you can find in cracker barrel a uh, 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 benny hill season one through eight <laughs> <laughs> you will find like um just the most random music you yeah. find it, the temptations which that's that's not random but you know that'd be next to like um who did i whose cd did i see in there it was like are, are these people serious? Like, yeah, yeah. Are people really going in there and going, yeah, I, I need that? Yeah, who goes in for
1: dinner and leaves with like a Kenny Rogers CD? <laughs> like, like those aren't. I mean, you know, the impulse buys you have, like, like are normally like food related. Like, you know, you're at Kroger's and you, you know, right? Okay, I see, uh, you know, a pack of, a pack of chewing gum. Fine, but I'm never like checking out at, um, you know, coming down to bill paying time at the restaurant just saying. Yeah, give me one of those uh, automatic brooms. <laughs> <laughs> I almost and, bought it. And, and while we're at it, can I get a Smokey Robinson LP? <laughs> um...
0: Well listen, hey, speaking of speaking of just just random music, yeah, I want to do a segment every episode in which we will bring to the table '90s, '80s, '90s hip hop and R and B acts. Do it. Today, and the other goal too is to eventually get these either R and B or hip hop acts to come on the podcast. Okay. Today, I would like to feature Timothy Brown. Timothy Brown, aka Father MC.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: For those that don't know who Father MC is, <laughs> oh. you gonna learn today. <laughs> Father M.C. came out in 1990, and he was part of the, the New Jack Swing rapper, the, that Uptown okay. Records movement, which was um, Andre Harrell. And believe it or not, the intern at that time at Uptown Records was? P. Diddy. Sean Puffy Combs, a.k.a. P. Diddy. That's right. And P. Diddy actually found Father M.C., at at a parent teacher conference, <laughs> it's the name. <laughs> and Father MC is just is. I've always I, I couldn't understand why he wasn't a, a bigger artist for a longer period. Not that he would today still be relevant, but at least in that time period, yeah. I thought he had all the ingredients. He had all
1: the, he had, he had all the
0: makings. <laughs> he had all the makings. He, he was the Derek Coleman of, of, of New Jack Swing. <laughs> And if I could paint a picture of Father MC, so you've got, he's, I believe he's from New York. I don't know what part of New York he's from. Uh, he had the time when when people were wearing the, the Gumby haircut. Uh, let's see, Bobby Brown. Yeah. Um, really was one of the. The,
1: for- the forerunners of the Gumby.
0: Absolutely. But Father MC took it to another. One. <laughs> Three times, don't we, we're going <laughs> to definitely get to them one day. But Father M.C. took it to another level. He took his Gumby cut, and he and he put a part, <laughs> and he made it two levels. Yeah. And then he dyed it the side of it blonde. At the top. It was unbelievable. I mean, he was ahead of his time with that. But speaking of being ahead of his time, one of his first ever songs is called Treat Them Like They Want to Be Treated. Classic yeah. Do you know who was on Treat Them Like They Want to Be Treated? The first time this group ever was on record.
1: I do. Jodeci.
0: That's right. Jodeci, ladies and gentlemen. Treat Them Like They Want to Be Treated. (laughs) And, And here's a side note about that song. The actual video, Puffy is the backup dancer. Oh, wow. In a video
1: (laughs) We got a YouTube
0: Oh yeah Oh yeah Ah There There he is Listen to those lyrics That's Jodeci right there there.
1: That's Casey and Jojo right there
0: (laughs) Treat them like they (laughs) Everybody just close your eyes and listen That is classic new jack swing yeah. music right there. That that defines the sound. That's beautiful right there. Now also he introduced Mary J. Blige. Oh man. All I do for you. Okay. That was her first time actually being on record as well. And uh, pr- I guess prior to this, she was on the Apollo. She was a backup singer for a long time. Okay. And she was on the Apollo. And I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they discovered her from the Apollo. They oh. probably knew about her. But I guess Puffy had something to do with that. But the first time she was on record, and if you see the uh, actual video, Mary J. Blige is in the video as a backup singer, and she's got this short little Bob haircut. Oh, okay. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, yeah. It was as if
1: he was the um, 50-50 amalgamation of of R&B singer and rapper. Yeah, here's...
0: Yeah, there it is. Yeah.
2: (laughs)
1: So those lyrics yeah, the, this past is, is, is fresh in, in around 91 Mary right there that's
0: a jam huh that's Mary right there yep Another great track. <laughs> Just, it goes without saying. On his album, he had 10 legitimate hits. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you could throw a dart. No way. Here's something. Yeah. Guess how many studio albums he's released.
1: <laughs> of that I know of, two? <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> you got to tell me something
0: like... like seven. You know, seven. Seven. And, and I. Th- I Which think one the, was the best? Oh, the first one, of course. No, had, no, no, no the, the seventh. The seventh. Oh, he changed his name to Fam Body. What does that mean? I, what does Father and See mean? Family Body. He goes. He's all
1: about the family. <laughs> he, he used to identify primarily as a father. Now he, he has many roles. He's a husband. He's a he's a brother. He's a cousin. We can't.
0: Oh, well, in. Uh, <laughs> 1996, you know, he, his first album came out in 1990, and I think slowly he started to phase out of the, the public light. He decided to become <laughs> the second.
1: <laughs> I don't know if he chose that phase out or, or, or if that was made for him. In
0: 1996, he became the second rapper to pose nude in Playgirl Magazine. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, that was it for Father MC.
1: <laughs> His career was over. What, was, was that an album too? <laughs> I hope not. Oh, Timothy man. Brown, man.
0: Father MC. There's so many. What, what I love about hip hop music is there are so many artists like him that a lot of people don't know about. But for the people that were really into that 80s, 90s movement early yeah. on, you just crack up when you think about it. Oh, it's crazy. It's and like, why didn't he?
1: Like, he had a formula that was ultimately successful. Yes, but he, you know, it's like a lot. It's a lot like a lot of people. They they started something, but they'll never get credit for the ultimate realization for it. He was he was like um, the Susan B. Anthony um, <laughs> of, of of New Jack Swing. Of, of Susan B. Anthony n- never actually voted. To, to take it back to the women's women's voting rights, because mm-hmm. this is what we do at, at, at No Further Comments. But she got the movement started. And and that's what Father MC did. I mean, and I don't know, was he not enough of a rapper? Or because, you know, cause cause Puffy's theory was okay, women like this music for the singing. Guys will like it for the raps. So, you know, it's like the the, the guys that made the Reese Cup, like yay. Yeah. Hey, we we got two things that people like. Mm-hmm. Put them together. Boom. Yeah, it's a hit.
0: Father MC. You know, one of the reasons that I want to do this podcast is to get random people on our podcast and I'm I'm going to work very hard at some point. He's busy. Father MC doesn't have time. He didn't, you mean fam body? <laughs> fam body. Fam body is too busy. Now, Father MC is not busy. Fa, father
1: MC is not busy at all, but fam, fam body is too busy um, dealing with, with his family. I,
0: I, need to, I need to catch him on the day he's Father MC. They,
1: they come first on Father's mm-hmm. Day. gotta okay, father, get him on Father's Day father, podcast.
0: Father's Day. We'll have Father MC. Yeah, That's right, the move. Mario?
2: Am I am I allowed to ask a question? Sure. Sure. On the NFC podcast. No doubt. This no is doubt. this is
0: Mario everyone. He's he's the producer.
2: All right. No, so I got a, I got to see this question. Yeah. Sure.
0: Mario, tell tell me your age too.
2: I'm 26.
0: Okay. Cuz I have a feeling your question's going to
2: I mean I, I I never heard of Father MC. That's yes, uh, that's understandable. That's all right. So realistically when I when I was listening to the music, I was like this sounds like something Drake could put out today and it would probably be a hit. Something like something similar, not yeah, yeah. saying that exact song, but something similar. Yeah. Do you think Father MC could like? Do you think he would be popular? Like, to, had this been like in today's generation? In a in a in a word, no. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: No, no. So what you bring up is a is a good question. I would think today's hip hop. I just don't know. Like, you just don't know who's gonna resonate with people.
1: Yeah. Well, Drake is a good example of somebody who. You know, can can go back and forth. You know, like like on that theory of he's an R and B singer and then he's a rapper. But I think nowadays you have to get your feet in the rap game first, and then people will accept you as a singer. But if you come off singing first, people are just look like Chris Brown, right? Like Chris Brown can rap. You know what I mean? I mean. Anyone who's heard, holler at me, will not deny that Chris mm-hmm. Brown can rap. But, um, you know, people aren't going to go for a whole rap album by Chris Brown, which in itself is a tragedy.
2: But well, what about Bryson Taylor, though? Uh, he's... He, I mean, he's I, hes a singer, but he raps, too.
0: I haven't figured him out yet. Yeah, I, I'll give you that one, though. I think he... Because he's
1: got a real shot, because he's putting out... If, if you get... The, Put it like this. It's much tougher to get your first hit in the R&B game. But if you can do that, I think you have the latitude to rap as well. But in the rap game, you can get your first hit relatively easy just if you have, like, a hot beat. And people are just like, okay, whatever. Like, he's rapping passable Because, you know, nowadays, it used to, we, we got to a point where everybody could rap. Like, maybe 10 years ago, like... You had the whole like Nas, Biggie, Snoop era, and then everybody came after that could basically do the functions of a of a real rapper. Now we're getting down to some is like eh, but you know, if we like the tune and you can sing, that kind of bolsters. You know, you don't have to be a great as rap rapper as we would like you to be if you can also sing.
0: Melody, yeah, is such a big part of hip hop today. It is. Did you see, and the great thing I think about our generation is we've been around since the start of hip-hop. I done seen it come, and I done seen it go. <laughs> we've seen it all. Yeah. Did you see hip-hop... Like, like Jigga and Jeezy. Did you see hip-hop going this direction to where it is today that's so yeah melodic? And also, if you go to a hip-hop concert and you look at the audience... And you look at the artist on stage, you would go, "There's no way that kid is listening Listen to, to that, that guy." That dude. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And, and I'll give you real quick, Waka Flocka. He performed. By the way, he's from New York. A lot of people don't know that. No, I didn't know it either. He's from New York. Waka Flocka performed at Ohio University. Okay. And one of the one of my um, my players goes to Ohio University. And he sent me a Snapchat. Waka Flocka was at the fraternity house playing hoop. <laughs> he was hooping. Yeah. Later on, he had a concert. And it was, I mean, it was crazy. And that was the first, this was years ago. That was the first time that I really saw someone like a Waka in that audience. Uh-huh. That, you know, fraternity kid. What? I mean, just word for word. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow. It's crazy. Should we have known that was coming?
1: Uh, I didn't see it coming. Well, you know, I I sometimes hear these cats talk about like Jay Z, like Jay Z is no longer like relevant. And one of the things that I was listening to somebody say was that Jay Z doesn't do anything with his voice, which mimics singing or melody. And what tripped me out was I was trying to think, well, what old school rapper did anything was loosely related to melody, and the only person I could really think of is like Slick Rick, which was crazy because mm-hmm. you know Slick Rick had songs that were almost you know, you know, real, real like live singing. You right. it, it was it was dope because you know his English accent, the whole nine. So yeah, but you know if you would ask me in like '04 what was coming down, you know I wouldn't have said that, but you know. Uh, People give credit to 808 and Heartbreak for a singer just rapping, and I guess even before that, what Andre 3000 did with, with Hey Ya, like that really broke a lot of barriers for people who were rapping and said, "Okay, I can sing, and I won't be like you know, they, you know, people won't question my hip hop bona fides with that."
0: Andre 3000. People want him to come back. Should he come back or should he just be like the Barry Sanders of of hip hop and it's like ah oh, he's coming back, he could.
1: Uh well, Ray Shredman is the new outcast. So <laughs> let's get that out there. Back to Ray Schremer. But yeah, he should. Well, I've just got a problem with with all these people who are, you know. We hold them to such high standards talent wise and they just don't produce like it's been ten years, and Andre hasn't come out with any you know a follow up since you know speaker box or whatever and you know everyone's you know entitled to live their life, but you know him and Lauren Hill just like it's like no we good we we don't really have you know a contribution, and I guess in some ways, I'd rather you do that as opposed to like ruin your 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 whole mm. you know what we got going but you know it seems like when you're that dope you could come out with something at any time and keep it going because big boy's still working and you know big boy's got to be salty every every day wakes up oh
0: here, here we go here's andre three something good me my through <laughs> the hood just every day we looked up at the ceiling watching ceiling fans go around trying to catch that feeling I first remember and plus my well, he's cold. Oh, I mean, yeah. no no one, no one's doubting how, how how good he is if he drops an album out right now it's,
1: it's number 1 and and it, and it probably would be the best thing this year and what is he doing in this time like has he made music i mean and and by the way the um jimmy hendrix bio that he was in is slept on like there was talk that he could have lightweight, you know, received Oscar consideration for that. And it's, it's excellent. Like, really? Yeah. Don't, don't sleep on that.
0: I've never, i never, I didn't even know it was
1: out. Yeah. I mean, well, it was probably, uh, 2014, hmm. but, um, it was live because they didn't have the rights to his music. So, um, to compensate for that, it was basically focused on maybe the two or three years before he blows up. A- and, and, by doing, you know, because so often you get these bios that are just overarching and they're trying to do someone's whole life. And just by taking a snapshot of that period of time, you know, it was dope. And I'm like, you know, I I, I hope more people, you know, go out and check that out. Because, I mean, that was, you know, that was a top 10 film of the year in my mind.
0: Well, we've covered a lot today. <laughs> we've, covered a lot. we've covered a lot. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I have no further comments.
1: Okay. That sounds like there's a hook right there.
0: There's a hook right there. (laughs) And and as the music comes in, we need to let people know who this is KMD, Peach Fuzz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Classic. Classic. Classic hip hop group. Yeah, causing much damage. We appreciate everyone listening to the No Further Comments podcast. I'm your co host, Alex Meacham.
1: And I've been your co host, Glenn Riley. Check us out, tell a friend, and let's keep it going, y'all.
2: hoo.